Welcome to the Michelle Miao Show, your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between. Here uh, at the Commonwealth Club on Thursdays, we do a special taping and with my co-host, John Zipper of the Commonwealth Club. Hey, Michelle. Welcome back. Well, thanks to the Commonwealth Club for having us. Uh, I think this is a great space to include LGBTQ thought leaders. And today we have a wonderful, wonderful guest, an inspiration, a courageous man. He's a former Iraq War uh, translator. He's a father, immigrant, or could be refugee. I'll ask him about that later in terms of status, um, survivor, activist, so many identities that we can tack on there. So very, very honored to have Gazwan Al-Sharif here with us. He is the subject of the film From Baghdad to the Bay. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's an honor for me to be here. Yeah, yeah. I, I said to you before we started the program, it's really hard to believe that this film is a little over an hour because of all the experiences and the stories that you tell about yourself. While we normally start the show off with a coming out story, I'm going to save that for later. However, we can start by talking about, you know, just uh, just you and where you grew up and what childhood was like, you know, as, as young Gazwan. Sure. I mean, uh Yes, my name is Ghazwan Al-Sharif, but I go by G, G. to make life easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, born in Baghdad, Iraq, uh, and then uh, uh, my family are diplomat, so I traveled with my parents, luckily, around Europe and grow in London for uh, over six years, and then went back to Iraq. Um, yeah, I was with the Iraq-Iran war that uh, ended up for 10 years. The US, United Nations sanctions to Iraq as well. I saw and lived that, uh, and now I'm here. <laughs> we, you do touch on coming out in a couple of ways in the film, but for many of us in the LGBTQ community, there's a moment where we know within ourselves that we're we're different or we're special yeah. or, you know, things just don't connect the same way in the straight world, if you know what I mean. So yeah. for you and, and growing up in your childhood, mm. you know, when was that moment in which you, th that sparkle? Yes. When I first uh, saw Barbie doll, <laughs> <laughs> I love playing with Barbies and uh, I love uh, uh, dressing up uh, and uh, just, yeah. And yeah, that we got it. Uh, <laughs> that speaks for itself. John. Well, what Barbie dolls, how old are we talking like 10 so, or younger or older? Yeah, I'm talking about uh, 10 uh, first when I uh, lived in the United Kingdom. Okay. And that's the uh, my big opportunity to introduce sure. by Barbie. <laughs> so you 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 were born in Baghdad, you lived most of your life there before the last 10 years, um, but you did travel out and around. Mm -hmm. If the Iraq war had not happened, the U.S. invasion and overthrow mm -hmm. of Hussein, do you think you would still live there? Or do you think you would, st if, if you were there, do you think you would want to move out? Uh, you know, s sometimes you think about it, you know, bad things can be good for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this, this war actually came with me, not against me. Yeah. 
for a couple of things, which is right now why I'm here. Uh, absolutely, I was not thinking to stay in Iraq, uh, but um, it was not it was not easy to just leave the country and, and go, especially with the sanctions. Yeah. yeah, and being an Iraqi was a big no-no. So, yeah. Yeah, in the film, it starts out. You know, very strongly, You've, you you talk about knowing and having the courage and the belief that supporting and joining, you know, the U.S. military as a translator uh, was the right thing to do, and in or, or it felt like you were doing something great or positive. If I could, re, uh, yeah. or at least add something into that, you had a, a line in there where you, I think you talked about a, a, sort of a liberation of yourself. Correct. Not, not just of the country. It, could you? Yes, this yeah. is a great question. Um, in the beginning of 2003, when the war happened, the media, the propaganda was super strong against not just the regime. Yes, the people were in Iraq was too tired of the sanctions. We were too tired of the corruption. We were too tired of not being free even in our home, our room. So collapse the regime collapsed by, collapsed by days. Didn't took that long. Even the U.S. Army was surprised mm -hmm. that they didn't have any any real war. Mm -hmm. uh, when they arrived to Tikrit, everyone dropped their weapons and surrendered easily like that. I, when I saw the 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 soldiers, for me, it was my uh, angels in in here. They. Uh, uh, gave freedom for me. Uh, but that was a few days. And then after that, everything collapsed. Mm. Worse and worse. Looters. The whole country just collapsed. We didn't have police. We didn't have government. Who was controlling this, the, the whole country was actually the, the soldier, the American soldier. So in here, that's another story to talk about. But... Uh, they didn't have any real educate, education of what's the culture, what to do, what's the right, what's the wrong. Just let them do whatever it was. So it was chaotic. And then everything turns against them. So the chaos, the violence, and, and then you mentioned, you know, things went downhill very, very fast. Mm -hmm. um, and even threats and violence imposed on you personally and your family. Did it ever feel like you you changed your mind that you wanted to get out, you wanted to to not do this? And yeah, I know yeah. that your your family had asked you to yeah. to not. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm uh, I'm a guy who have guts. I never give up, and I do believe in in improving, uh, educating, and I saw that gap. That's why I started giving lectures for the army. That's why I try to, you know, uh, uh, talk about the culture, what's the right thing, what's the wrong. And I've done it a couple of times. Um, yes, I got threats to quit, uh, bombing, you name it, over nine times. Um, my parents disowned me for their life. Uh, but no, I, 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 I truly believed in improving things which worked perfectly. 
when you were working with the U.S. troops, and what exactly were you doing? You, you said you know giving some lectures and things, but also as a translator, we kind of imagined you literally there with you know U.S. troops and Iraqis, and you you translating between the two of them. Is that what it was, or were you doing like documents or? Yes, I was the uh, translator for the commanders. Okay. For the 4th Infantry Division, 1st Infantry Division, and the 28th Infantry Division. That was the last one. For the Engineer Brigade. Before the Army arrived, it was a CPA, Coalition Provisional Authority. I was a translator for them over there as well. But because I'm the local guy from Tikrit, and I'm not talking about in Baghdad or the capital. I'm talking about Tikrit because that's where I worked and that's where I lived. So I'm the guy who knows the faces and know the majority of the people over there. In the documentary, um, you were known as Tex? Yes, my nickname, because they want to uh, keep my identity, uh, and then I do cover my face. Uh, my nickname is in Tex, as in Texas, the 4th Infantry Division. They are the first uh, army uh, they couldn't pronounce my name, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, it, you know, it was a, there was a line there or a quote where someone said that you were uh, someone from the military, an American military, said you were one of the best. And mm -hmm. you'll know it because he'll show up. And is it a cowboy? Was it a cowboy hat? Was that yeah, like, I, your signature thing? Yeah. I, I, uh, well, it's hot over there, you know. <laughs> so I, I wear a cowboy hat. And then uh, the... Uh, Colonel, Colonel Nicholson, he's the first guy who uh, uh, gave me that nickname, Tex, T-E-X, mm. which I still have the tag, by the way. So it uh, works mm. perfectly. Everyone called me Tex over there. Yeah. I was asking that question. I was wondering mm -hmm. kind of um, what your feelings or thoughts were before the invasion mm -hmm. about American culture and then, you know, working with the military, the American military, what you picked up from that. And then what your impression of, you know, Americans were while uh, throughout this entire process. Mm. Well, once again, I, I was the lucky one who traveled yep. Europe and London, raised in London. So I have a, a kind of uh, idea. And then um, that's right. You know, you knew Barbie. I don't think Barbie was international no, at that time. Was, <laughs> America's great. I created Barbie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much it was our height. Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of downhill since Barbie. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's get into some of the darkest parts of this. Mm -hmm. One day something happened and uh, you were taken away. Tell us about that. And I know this is yes. an uh, section. Uh, so, of course, in the documentary, do not, it doesn't tell you the whole details because it's a documentary. We can't just keep it, you know, forever. But um, one day, uh, while I was working for the CPA, Coalition Professional Authority, uh, and I, I sometimes I stay in the compound and, and sometimes I go back to the house. But when I got the threats, they blow my house. So the American army says, you know, you have to stay. You, you cannot go and, and either choose, either choose to quit and stay safe back home or live here in, in the base. So I said, no, I'm, I'm not a quitter. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to live here, uh, stay with in, in the base. So one day, the uh, military police MP uh, 
asked, they came to the building where I work and they asked for me and I came and they said, Colonel Hickey wants you. I was like, okay. So in here, you know, I have a lot of things. I was, ex this is a funny thing and sad. I was excited. I was excited because I had um, helped a couple of, of, you know, names and interrogation. And so I was like, I'm going to get a, a, a coin or something, certificate. And then it was in the Humvee. They went. It's getting darker. Took them about uh, an hour, maybe longer. And then a, a guy came and says, put your hands back. And I did. And I still, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's a surprise. Put a handcuff, and then, and he says, say cheese, and I smile. And he says, are you beep kidding me? I can say you F can words. Curse. Yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> are you f kidding me? And I said, wow, that was rude. So I didn't smile, took another picture, put it back. A, st um, a stack, did I, did I say it right? A sack. A sack. A sack yeah. on my head. Put me back. And then cars throw, uh, drove about an hour. It's getting colder. Drips of, uh, that was in, in, in December. Uh, 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 rain, you know, not a lot, but, you know, it's raining. It was colder. And then... It's going a road about another hour, but you know uh, this is my city, so I'm I'm tracking where I'm going. But then suddenly, this is a desert. Mm -hmm. I'm going in a desert. And then took the sack, sack, and I walked, and I just saw a big, huge guy. Now I'm six foot tall. Imagine how tall is the, that guy. And then. One of the guys went and whispered, came back. I'm still, ha my handcuff, still handcuffed in back. And I was not standing, I was on my knees. And it was super dark. And I looked at this guy and says, excuse me, sir, why am I here? He says, you don't know why you're here? Shut the up. This guy speaks English. I said, yeah. I'm a translator. I've worked for you guys. Humiliate me, put my head on, on the, on the, you know, and starting searching me, taking my belt, taking my even... Um, Shoelaces. Sh yeah. Watch any, everything I own. Um, and then throw me in a three foot square. Remember, I just said it, I'm six foot. Three foot square cell, and that cell used to be uh, 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 Oriental uh, toilet. If you know what's an Oriental toilet, you know. Hole in the floor. It was a hole in the. It's a toilet, so, but they put a pivot. That's it. Handcuffs and foot cuffs, not just handcuffs. Now this is obviously illegal ev anywhere because you cannot put a detained person in jail mm -hmm. while hang you know if he's out yes but and life go on this is another story i can tell it for but that continued for 75 days every day is a story 
So I'm not going to tell you guys for now because the timing every day what happened to me, but it's 75 days. Luckily, I written a book about it or a, um, a memoir, a memoir yeah. about that everyday details. But it included torture. Correct. Tortured. Now, when I say 75 days, it's 75 days of torture. It's not just physically tortured. It's mentally when they say, we bought your sister here. We bought your, you know, as an Iraqi family is, is a big, I'm not just saying just Iraqi or Middle Eastern. No, I'm sure everyone here, their families is priority. When they say we bought your sister, we, you just break down. And I have nothing. I don't have nothing. I worked for you guys. I gave all the information you needed. And I actually show you where the right way is. I give lectures. I give and on and on and on. The water, the, uh, the rocks, the uh, 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 mice in, in my cell, throwing mice uh, uh, or rats or, or you know, so I started doing a hunger strike and uh, for several uh, days because I was, you know, no one is believing on me. It, at, uh, in the documentary, do you get to a point where it clarifies why they detained you and it had to do with uh, connections, somebody yes. that you knew? Yes. Uh, but at what point during the 75-day period that they detained you that they actually told you the reason why they, you know, they, were holding you? They never told me why. They never told no, you. No, the colonel told me why. The colonel who... Who believed on, on Who on, believed on you story. and ended up, was a part of yeah. uh, your release. And yes. So... In, in, and, uh, you know, it's so hard when you interview the filmmakers and the film is going on because the, the point is for the audience, we want you to go see the film. Mm -hmm. um, but in this context, in this talk, you know, we'll just go ahead and, and mention it. But it was your relationship with a cousin who, uh, uh, right, it, the cousin or, or the, well, because you, you mentioned you Saddam Hussein well, well, in the context of uncle, but I don't think, I don't think that is... Saddam Hussein, your uncle. No. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm from the same tribe. Mm -hmm. We do call him uncle, mm -hmm. but he is not my uncle. Uh, but yes, it was uh, one of my cousins that uh, he came and threatened me. And he says, you know, my uncle is, 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 is mad at you. You need to quit with the army or help us. So I went immediately to the intelligence and told them the whole story. And when they track this person with his license, they uh, track Saddam Hussein. They capture Saddam Hussein, and then him. And then the story goes on. I don't want to. So you helped. Well, in here, that's why I was excited. I don't want to uh, talk why you about. Why you kind of thinking? But I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna. You know, that's yeah. why give me a the story goes there. I but, have chills. Yeah, but th this is what what's what's. A story that's not in the documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, why? So Colonel Nicholson knows me as I was his translator. I was his right in the back, whatever he needs. I was giving him advices and he was, it was Mother's Day. And he wanted to buy for his mother an Iraqi tea set. The only person can help him find is Tex. Mm -hmm. That's how he's starting searching for me, and that's how ended up. 
this is a story is not in the documentary, mm-hmm. but it, it's 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 just a blessing to yeah. There's what, uh, it's what just led to your release as yes. you went to your your home and your mom told him what happened and yeah. and uh, he made the phone calls and found you and made a deal with the people who captured you. Um, that's in that's in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, well, there is one part though that you know we didn't want to start the show off by asking you about coming out because there are two points in the film in which you talk about coming out. Um, and we'll go, we'll go with the first or in, you know, we're continuing our conversation about being detained and being tortured, uh, but that you, they questioned you and they were sure of it, that you were hiding something. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment in the film in which you finally tell them what you were hiding. And that, that was the fact that you are a gay man. You mm-hmm. are a gay man. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, the response after that. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of a funny thing to come out to the guy who's who's, who's interrogating you. But uh, I was I was telling them everything. They couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, maybe they can tell my face, or maybe they can tell I'm hiding something. So I came out. I said, yes, I'm gay. And that time I felt relieved because you know what? The only thing, one thing that I kept it is out no longer. So I have nothing to hide now, believe me or not. And he looked at me and he smiled and he says, it's okay, I'm American. Hmm. And that's another thing goes, wow, you know, because I never came out to, I mean, part of our culture, if some of you know, as a Middle Eastern, grabbing, holding hands with another man, it's just normal kissing man to man is normal you hang out with men you don't hang out with females in your room no one knows what's going on the only thing is they're not going to think something is going on so it's a part of how our culture and i never had a problem of being myself i'm probably mentioned that in the beginning uh i don't label Things, what how I've been taught is you are yourself. You know, um, I'm not. You don't need to say I'm gay. You need to say I'm. You know, bi or so. Yeah. So I came out, and that was my first time to say a person in front that I am gay. Wow. Felt amazing. <laughs> Not kind of the conversation that generally ends up with, you know, you're, you're the other guy, you know, joining you at a P-flag march. But um, how, when was that in the 75 days? Was that near the end or near the beginning? Or? That was, that was, I will say 60 days. I still have 15 days left. When, I mean, it's almost a cliche in like movies and cartoons of when someone's in prison, they're counting the days. Were, were you? Yeah, I was, I was. I was. I was putting like you know those uh, nails. Those marks, uh, yeah, because yeah. I didn't have nothing. I don't know. Uh, I do ask this. So there's a, a guard. I'm the only person who had a guard on top of my uh, detention uh, to watch me because I'm not supposed to talk. It's one of the things. I'm. I was in the isolation section. It's called isolation section. I can see all the d- detainees, you know, walking and socializing and doing whatever they want. I'm the only person who was on that 
box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a guy who I became friend because at night, you know, I just, uh, you can't basically. Yeah. I don't yeah. know when I sleep, when I wake up, but I was, uh, uh, you know, having the only conversation, but he told me, you know, we swear not to tell, you know, because don't the commanders, if they see me, I'm going to be in trouble. I was like, it's okay. So I was talking with him and he was, um, very, very nice person. And he, he's the second guy that, uh, because uh, <laughs> I was yeah. telling him about the, he was asking, what, what did they ask you? So what, he's the second guy that I told him I'm gay. Mm. I have so many questions and you're absolutely right. An hour is just not enough time. No. But um, I mean, there's two parts to this question. The first part is to to kind of get us going in, in how you got here. Um, but I, I mean, you were the guy courageous, believed in something, not a quitter, right? And and uh, uh, working with the American military, and then you are tortured and detained mm-hmm. by the the very people that you're helping. Mm-hmm. What's going through your mind and your your heart, and at this point, and kind of like, you know, the will to live, the will to to move forward, and to know that uh, you you'll get rescued, or they'll understand eventually. Well, I I I. I at some point, I did collapse and almost give up. Hope, life, love, belief. At some point, but then I always, I always, there's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something telling me, no, you know, you, 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 you better. There is some hope. There is something. And then I got released. Mm-hmm. But inside of me, so I, in here, when I got released, I have no choice. Because I'm already being wanted by the Iraqis. They wanted my head. So I can't. So I said, no, I don't want to get released. That's basically what I told them. No. They say, you know, you're free. I said, no, I don't want to go out. I have no life. I have no future. I have no career. I have no family. I have nothing. Why do you want to release me? I'm here. So and then uh, they say, well, Colonel uh, Nicholson going to keep you working with, with the army. And I did work for a year and a half. But that year and a half, every day, is a nightmare because I'm saying, having, what's going to happen to me? Maybe they're going to put me back. Maybe, maybe on, 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 on. So that is... So the year and a half, you, you continued working. Yes, and then what serving, led? serving the army yeah. for another year and a half. Keep on giving them lectures. Keep on pushing them. Keep on not putting... Uh, anything, which is, uh, I, I don't blame, it's not easy to know which is the bad guy and which is the the uh, uh, good guy because it's a new country. You don't know faces, you don't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah. So uh, how did you get to the United States? So when I decided to quit from the Army, I told them I, I, I need to go back. Uh, sorry, I need to quit. I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm still having nightmares and I'm still... So they took me to uh, the airport and I went to exile, which is it was Jordan. So in Jordan, uh, I went to the United Nations. The process took forever. Took for three years. Mm. Three years to come here. They told me, what What do you choose? So I chose in San Francisco. <laughs> and now I'm here. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I came here in 2008. Now, you were married, mm-hmm. and that kind of sets up some later story. parts of the story, but, um, <laughs> but it also kind of goes to what you're talking about, about how 
you know, being gay, you know, ignore that term. You're, was did you feel a conflict between so, private and, and so and let's like, clarify that I was married to a female yes mm-hmm. yeah. um, it was an arranged marriage because I was a, a diplomat I was 31 years old that's something what you're 31 31 and you're not married there's something wrong with you they don't think something wrong with you means like you know maybe you're awkward or no they think something is not functioning that's the only thing they think um so it was an arranged marriage and this is this is what int- funny story because you guys are going to remember what i was talking about in the beginning they gave me pictures and they say, choose. And I said, no, no, I know that. I know, I know those. And then suddenly I saw this lady. I said, what is that? Mm-hmm. Is she Iraqi? She could go, yeah. I was like, wow. She looks like Barbie. <laughs> and that's why I married her. Wow. She looks exactly like Barbie. And she's six foot tall as well. Same Barbie hair, eyes. And I was Believe it or not, putting makeup on her and dressing her up. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow. Gosh, again. Your childhood yeah. dream come yeah. true. <laughs> like, like we said, there's a lot of layers. because you. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was, to, 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 and now you're, you grew up, your, your background, your family is Sunni. Correct. That's yeah. another thing. So right. uh, her, her background is Shia, which is previously we didn't have any problem with Shia Sunni or more Muslim, Christian, or we, we didn't talk about that. Previously, it's basically talk about your uh, background as Ba'athi or not. You know, Ba'ath is the, the party of the Saddam Husseins or not, or you have power, you have money or not. Yeah. Um, but when the war collapsed, she was pregnant with my son, her parents asked for to be uh, uh, d- uh, separated and divorced, uh, and then life just... Mm. Do you think they they suddenly disliked you, or they were thinking of her safety because of the Sh- Sunni-Shia split that was kind of erupting all over the country? It's, it's both. Mm. Mm. I don't know what to not like about me, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of questions there. Like, you know, at what point did uh, your family, uh, your wife, your or ex-wife Ex. and um, child find, or you clarified for us even mm. that you never really actually came out, came out to, to family no. at all, like so, to your, you know, saying like, I'm a gay man. I never, right? No, um, I, I never, she, my ex-wife don't know yet. Mm-hmm. She is married. She have a. Uh, two kids from, sorry, from uh, her current uh, husband. Um, once again, it's not necessary to label myself. Mm-hmm. My son came here finally to visit his dad first time. Uh, uh, he was here all uh, August. Um, he wanted to watch the documentary. I told him, it's, you're too young. He's 16, you're too young to watch it. Because it's, it's a lot of dramatic. It's not because it's me being gay or coming out of the documentary. No, no, it's not talking about that. You, you probably watched it, so it's more dramatic. Um, but there's some fun part. It would be pretty intense to watch that. No, For the that, first that's time. That's what my dad is going yeah. through. Mm-hmm. So it was a great relation, great travel, great trip here. 
with him. He, we're getting closer and closer. Um, he did tell me at one point that, Dad, I know everything about you. So that's a, that's a good thing. But yeah. I didn't ask him what is you know about me. But I'm sure he, you know. There's Google. I mean, I wear, I, I, I dress up uh, uh, younger than what he used to dress up. So well, he knows I his dad is. Yeah, I mentioned Google because, you know, once you Google oh, thank you. you and, if you just Google my things. Yeah. Like, oh, and, my God. And, yeah. and aside from the film, right, you started or founder of Ashek, yes. a Middle Eastern LGBTQ organization mm -hmm. here in the Bay Area. You've marched in San Francisco Pride Parades mm -hmm. with Ashek. You, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what else? I mean, that, you know, oh, yeah. well, Facebook. this leading up to the second part of your coming out, mm -hmm. with, and uh, that is watching the news and hearing the story. So when... Uh, Erin, which is my director and the lady who uh, filmed me and followed me for 10 years, because that document is uh, uh, made for 10 years. It was a 10 years project. Um, I never, my attention was not coming out on the documentary. The documentary is about a refugee who's trying to survive this country. And at that time, 2008, it was depression. Uh, economy, uh, people not easy to find job. I had I had a depression because of that, and in trying to uh, survive this uh, city. And then I saw the news, and then I just explode. The news uh, of, uh, of six of, uh, Iraqi Iraqi gay. The news yeah. of uh, uh, six Iraqi gay men were being killed, and not just six. I mean, it's it was going on and on and on. But that was it. The militias, and suddenly, all of suddenly. I mean, I never heard about a person who uh, 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 a suicide bomber, for example. I never heard about it before the war. I never heard about a, a person kills another person because he's gay. I never heard about it. But when everything collapsed in the country, all these just stories happened to pop out. So I saw the news, which is Iraqi uh, gay men being killed in Iraq. I just suddenly exploded. I was like, okay, someone need to step up. Someone need to try to change. One voice, I'm not looking for more than one voice. If I change one voice, that voice is gonna change 10. And that t 10 will be 1,000 or more, just like you, Michelle. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to faint, you know, just from the, I, I never look at this program that way, but thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, something you said, though, in the documentary when you talked about coming out and um, being a voice after hearing that news and, and then your family members seeing that you're being tagged on Facebook at these mm -hmm. gay bars or with other men mm -hmm. and... You know, you mentioned that it was probably harder to to you know be a gay man than what your family felt as traitorous and working for the American government. It is. It is. Uh, uh, if you betrayed or um, tell a lie or do something wrong, they may uh, disown you, but they will forgive you, or maybe they will you know punish you, but then they will forgive you. But if you're gay. It's not just going to, I mean, how, they can't change that. So the only thing they can change it is with a bullet. Uh, in addition of that is they're going to bring the shame of the family, the tribe. Your uh, sister may not get be 
not get married or, you know, that's how it is over there, complicated. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, it, and I, again, it's one of those issues that I don't want to get too much into the film, but through a fair part of this film, you're just trying to contact your son and you, yes. you can't. Um, and as he, as you already said, you know, he's been here now and such. Um, so that seems to be moving along nice. Do you have any contact whatsoever with your ex-wife directly? Well, now, uh, actually, uh, me and my ex are friends. Really? Yes, I give her advices, not the makeup advices. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give her advices uh, uh, with the, her relation with mm-hmm. her uh, current uh, husband uh i gave her advices for my son because he's uh, getting a teenager it's hard to you know control a teenager yeah so we are friends now that's a good thing uh, i'm a uh, contact with my uh mom mm-hmm. my mother uh my son f- facetime it's it's a blessing all my life in the documentary and the end what it tell you it happened. My career, my uh, relation, no. yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm still single. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's a that's part two of the documentary, <laughs> part two. Uh, exploring yeah dating in San Francisco as a gay man. But you know what's remarkable is that we find out you maintained a virtual relationship with your son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know how many years? Six six what? So so he is now sixteen. Uh, I met him when he was three years, three, four years old in Jordan. It was his birthday. And then that's all it's time that she uh, let me Mm. see my own son. Mm. It was very hard. And then I came here. I've been here for 10 years. And then three years ago, I... So on, in the documentary, I'm trying, I'm trying, I don't have, I, I'm just trying, you know, contact, uh, mail something, and I finally got a chance because I only have her, uh, he was still young to have uh, his own phone. And then finally, I got the chance to hear him. And uh, it's a blessing. Now, yeah. now we're buddies. and So um, many stories, so many stories. I, you know, we're up near the moment in which we ask from our audience if you have any questions. Um, but I have one, one question before we get there. And that is, you know, something that uh, what I find to also be inspiration and draw from you is once you got here to the United States, it was told to you or or understood that there was a program that the government had implemented to ensure safety for folks like yourself who helped the American government, the military during the uh, the war. I think uh, in the documentary, it stated like 100,000 yep. Iraqis mm-hmm. had supported the uh, American military and a, a lot of them um, tragically have been killed and still awaiting, you know, that moment in which there is safety. Uh, for you, you got here thinking that there was a clear path, and it didn't mm. end up that way, actually. You had mm. to get creative. You had to have a lot yes. of patience. And it was actually much more years later that you were able to get a green card, become mm. a citizen of the United mm. States. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the lucky one. Now it's really hard. It's much more difficult. 
um, the whole process. But when I came here, I came through an organization uh, called IRC, International Rescue Committee. Uh, and they were trying to do their best. But, you know, remember, if they don't have a, 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 a financial uh, support, they barely can do, you know, uh, their real job. But uh, I was first moved to in Auckland, uh, a place with other roommates, which I'm not used to have that. But, hey, you know, everyone here in San Francisco have roommates right now. Uh, and then uh, they tried to... Um, helped me get a, a job, but it was not easy. So I took my own way how to uh, find a job. And I was lucky once again to start that, uh, uh, you know, path. Mm -hmm. uh, my first, I went to the, believe it or not, I was walking all San Francisco and I went to the uh, LGBTQ uh, center mm -hmm. and I just went in. I gave up hope. I was walking all San Francisco with my resume and putting my resume because that's what they told me to do. I never done it. And I, and I was like, you know what? That's it. Either here or just, 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 you know, I was almost giving up. And I went there and they contact Project Open Hand. Mm. And that was open, not hand, open heart, open door for the whole life of right now who I am. It was my school to not just introduce to the people. I've got so many friends. I know the culture of the, are, are the American, how they eat. Mm. You know, for me, it's very important. It took me only three years over there to be the production manager, the catering chef. And then from there, rest is history. I, I want to talk a bit about the, the whole chef career because you, you've become quite a bit of a success at it. Thank but you. before that happened, mm -hmm. had you considered yourself a, a good cook? Or was this an interest? Was, <laughs> so, did you see yourself doing course. this at some point? No, it's, it's my, always my passion. Oh, but back in Iraq, I'm not allowed to cook as a man really? because of my background. I'm a diplomat. My grandfather used to be the minister of defense. My father is an ambassador, blah, 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 on and on. You know, the whole family, my uncles, my everyone is, is big in, in, in the previous regime. So mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to do what I love. I'm allowed to do what they want. Um, well, we didn't so even get into passion. we didn't even get into Food Network, but you'll have to see the <laughs> yeah, film to, to know to the, you know no. the Food Network part. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we gave you all the big stuff. Yeah. Well, let's open up questions from the audience. If you've got a question for G, we'll take them. And this is a recording, so speak into the mic. Yeah. Just first question: um, How can we see the uh, documentary? Yeah, that's good. Yes, that's a great question. Screening Actually, anywhere? Uh, is it streaming yes, on the internet? Yes. Uh, well, just one second. Let me pull it out. It's right here. So the upcoming screening, you have several ones of them. Uh, the Mel Valley Film Festival, Saturday, October 13th. Mel Valley Film Festival, uh, October 14th, that's Sunday. And then in San Francisco, we have the Arab Film Festival. This is very interesting. The Arab Film Festival is putting a gay 
documentary, which is, I'm just blown away about that. <laughs> so uh, this one is on October 17th at the Roxy Theatre. And then in Oakland, uh, October 19th in the uh, Parkway, uh, Oakland mm. Parkway Theatre, the new Parkway. What's the title? From Baghdad to the Bay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What's your other question? Um, general question about uh, living in some of these countries where being gay is very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, heard some criticism recently of uh, people from outside, activists trying to help change things, and maybe mm -hmm. some of the things they're doing are not productive. Um, do you think things are changing? Is there anything that outsiders could help with? Yeah, I, I I'm familiar with uh, so many uh, activists in the Middle East that are trying to change. Um, change don't come immediately. It takes time. It takes more patience. We have to be patient. S uh, a sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice from the LGBTQ community. We have a lot of them just sacrifice their life for others. So it exists. It's 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 once again it's very hard to uh, give them funds. You know, people are generous, especially in the, in in this uh, lovely city. They're uh, generous, uh, trying to donate as much as they can, but still, it's not easy. Uh, but yeah, they, they exist. Thank you. So what do, you, what do you, you're starting a new chapter in your professional career. Can, why don't you give us a taste of that? Yes, you? I am starting uh, October 1st. I'm the executive chef for California Academy of Science Museum. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. That is so awesome. Did you have a question? Wanted to know, did, did you, um, does your son and ex-wife live in Iraq now? No, that's a good question because we did not mention that. They are, uh, uh, they live in uh, United Kingdom. Yeah, thank you for asking that question. And has your son ever either gone back, gone to, because he's never been in Iraq, right? He... No, he's he been there oh, a yeah. long time, yeah, okay. with his mom. No, they, they travel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just... That moment he landed at SFO, you picked him up. Yeah. You made first human he, contact. What was that like? First, he came, and it's my first time to see him. And he wanted to jump on me. And I said, Wait, 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 <laughs> I have a bad back. <laughs> he was bigger than me. Um, so he's six foot one. Whoa. He's 16. Yeah. He was bigger than me. Barbie's so that tall. He <laughs> is, he's, he's taller than me. So it was just. I thought I'm going to uh, have a lot of, I was just speechless, just shocked and just hugging him. I even, because I cried a lot, I didn't cry. I didn't, oh. no, I was, I was just like, okay, this is a new chapter. Because every day when you wake up, it's a new chapter for your life. That's what I think about it. That's my perspective. So every day is a new story for me. That was a new chapter for me. And it was just unbelievable. 40 days he spent here. We traveled. It was California. unbelievable that it was just last, this is just last month. Like, yes. I mean, just in August. Yes. And uh, what did he love about San Francisco? What do you think about the city? He, he loved it because he, 
thinks the people are friendly. <laughs> they are, they're very friendly. Yeah. He, he, he loved the, the, the yeah, he says the people are very friendly. Uh, he loved uh, America uh, a lot. He says our character is different than the British. Sorry, mm. sorry, British. <laughs> um, and then the uh, other thing, he loved the weather, mm -hmm. of course. Oh, you know, he lives in Manchester, so <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's too... Yeah, yeah uh, coming from England, yeah. the one place yeah. where you think San Francisco is sunny. Yeah, and he never hiked. Oh. First time he hiked with his dad, which is amazing. And we hiked Oakland, uh, Redwood Hills. We, we went up from where I live, which is Civic Center, up to Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. We walked from where I live to the Ocean Beach and coming back. Yeah, he was dropping a lot of weight, that's yeah. for sure. And yeah, it was amazing. First time to have his lobster, I made him a lobster. First time he had a medium rare steak, I made him that. So wow. it was just amazing. Wow. Mm. Well, gee, you know, I can't even find the right words to articulate, like just how meaningful and special you are uh, to our movement, to this country, to our people, and not just from like the LGBTQ community, but everything from the moment you, that you decided uh, what you believed in, you went for it, you stayed the course in that job, even if you became the enemy um, and in, in two different parts of your life, your family, and uh, knowing that that was uh, obviously a very important um, system in, all, you know, the human connection, right? It's family and, and then your career, your, your, your friends. Uh, but you never gave up. You never gave up, even if you wanted to, even if you felt like it. And here you are in the country that treated you like you were a traitor, um, you know, just doing what I think is the magical thing about America, the, the, the virtue of, of opportunity and uh, freedom. I would love to hear from you in kind of, yeah, like what, what if people are, especially now, and this is not, it's not a political question. It's not politically charged, but everybody tries to define what is American. Um, and unfortunately with that kind of question comes folks who might have a perspective that's very exclusive or linear or nationalistic, which can lead to, um, problems of oppression, like racism and things like that. Mm -hmm. But for someone like you who went through everything that you did and still here today, celebrating the fact that you'll be the new head chef at Cal Academy of Science, mm -hmm. providing, creating space for LGBTQ middle, the Middle Eastern community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what does all that mean to you? And if you were to tell somebody like what it actually means to be American, like what would that be? Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, every person here have, has his own story and every story is different. Uh, and mine just is different. Uh, I believe in dedication. I believe in be truthful with yourself. Uh, things happened for a reason. That's what I believe. Uh, I don't say America or Americans. I say individuals who done that to me. I'm not going to play. I'm going to blame uh, 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 the procedure or the system. Uh, but the person who was doing that, that's his job. Like me being a uh, 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 mean uh, chef, 
I don't mean to be mean, but this is my job. I need my work to be perfect. So it's a blessing to live the American dream because, as you just mentioned, Michelle, I have a great job that is one of my dreams. I have another thing, which is Ashik for the Middle East, North African, LGBTQ, bring them together. Uh, I live in the most amazing city I can ever imagine. And I have a new family, which is my friends. And I'm just being grateful. Uh, it's just a blessing. I have no words, really. <laughs> but uh, I only have one thing to say is go and watch the documentary. It's going to, it's a changing. It, of, it is of very powerful. Your perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she actually asked the question I had been like waiting to ask, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Take it. <laughs> Darn Our it, minds are starting to think alike. <laughs> I'll be the gay guy and you could be the lesbian. <laughs> we'll switch off every now and then. <laughs> but uh, going through what you went through and, and, you know, so you're, you're then in Jordan. Were you in a refugee camp or were you in the... No, I was, I was there as... Uh, uh, first, I was there just trying to see what can I do because I have no career. Uh, once again, no, nothing. Just went there to try to do or survive. survive yeah. uh, so I went to the United Nations. It's not easy in Jordan as an Iraqi at that time. I don't know what's the process right now, but to work... You're not allowed to work, uh, and it, it was expensive. So um, United Nations only gave me a card that it says, he's okay, don't deport him. That's the only thing for three years I had. But I was working uh, under the table, as they say here, mm. uh, as a, a catering for uh, cooking, so as a chef. Now, under the table has a different meaning as well. Am I yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, in the closet, in the closet, in the closet, the closet. under the table. Closet. We're going to try to popularize A lot of furniture here. But when you were in Jordan, did you, I mean, did, were you kind of thinking, I could go any, you know, other countries. No, I mean, it was you could have gone jail. to Sweden and all the women in Sweden look like Barbie. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not that at all kind of. No, no. Or was it always, I, if I leave here, I want to go to the United States? No, it was my destiny to uh, that s separation between or divorce between me and my ex. It was like, yes, I'm back. Um, um, so it's, it's a destiny. Everything happened mm -hmm. with from from my birth, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I put that on the book since the birth, how I lost my hearing, how I had a seizure, how it's a lot. Every day I'll tell you a story. Uh, believe me. So um, everything is, is, is destiny. It's, it's written for me. So I'm yeah. So in Jordan, no, it's a it was for me, it was a big jail. I'm there. I can walk. I can talk, but I'm not allowed to work. I'm not allowed to travel. I'm not allowed, so I was just just living. And, and talk about something was written. You you said earlier you you had written this up as a book at some point. Do you still are you still looking to publish that at some point? Uh, yes, but uh, you know I'm not good at editing. Editing needs a, a person who can put words in. Yeah, that's I, what your publisher does. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's uh, the title is not. Uh, uh, 
nice to uh, <laughs> read it, but this is it. This is my title. We'll find you an editor. Yeah. Uh, we have just a couple minutes left. And uh, again, if you have a question you would like to ask G, we'll, we'll open it up. But if not, I will take the last question. <laughs> it's probably mine anyway. <laughs> well, the film is called From Baghdad to the Bay, and it is a documentary on the life of Ghazwan al-Sharif, uh, we're calling G, and that's what he goes by. And you just heard the screenings here locally. Uh, but please go out and see the film. Uh, I know what I took from the film, and I know John knows what he took from the film. Um, we mentioned it many times throughout this, this hour of it being an inspiration and the story is about you, but I think that, you know, the, it's purpose and how this documentary came together and all of it. Uh, you have a purpose for sharing your story. What would you like for those folks who go out to see your film? What would you like for them to take from watching the film? Just don't give up hope. That's the whole subject. If you, give up hope, then no reason of watching that documentary. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, G, thank you so much for joining us here on the Michelle Miao Show. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a wonderful one hour. Yeah, I can't believe it. And the documentary is only a little over an hour, and you won't believe it. I had to watch it And when you're watching times. it, watch through the credits. There's an end segment that yes. is... is priceless it's almost as good as like the marvel movie in segment <laughs> it's good yeah. the michelle meow show airs on the progressive voices network daily four o'clock pacific standard time we're here every thursday at the commonwealth club at noon next week we have a great guest lynn keezer she's with ford as one of the first uh, transgender employees to transition while on the job and she's got a great story about one of the senior executives and their support of her transition. So if you can make it, join us. We'll provide lunch. We'll see you next time. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face -face with today's thought leaders. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, 
Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit pacificfertilitycenter.com.